Hi everyone, welcome to the first Average Joe's podcast of the 2014-2015 season. Oh yeah! I'm your host Sean Smith, and partnered with my co-host Jonathan Shaw. What's up guys? And today we're going to be going over uh, the past two days uh, of action that happened. Two weekends. Two weekends. Um, Can't really call the first one a tournament just because it was WKU and UK. Um, But then we'll go over the central invite, and then we will do... Quick preview of a couple tournaments coming up, uh, the one at JMU this weekend and the one at Grand Valley, and we'll check the schedule. If there are any other close ones coming up, we will preview those as well. Let's do it. All right. Uh, after that, we may just have some arbitrary comments about stuff, but you know how we do. All right, let's get it going. Did you know Average Joe's is the place where Steve the Pirate gets all his game recaps from? Yeah. Joe's be the only place for Steve. Um, so the first tournament, or first game of the year, was Western Kentucky versus University of Kentucky. Uh, Kentucky won that 3 to nothing. Um, and John, you watched all the videos of the game, so what do you think? Well, first of all, it was good to see uh, Zach Brown uh, back in the helm. I didn't see actually any of Zach Brown uh, last year. I think that was just due to the fact that I only saw him in one, I only saw Kentucky at one tournament, which was Nationals, and he wasn't there. But actually, Zach looked really good, man. It looked like his arm uh, really improved. And he, I, I said this two years ago, and it was our first year in the NCBA. Zach is one of the best teachers. He's one of the best teachers of, in all of collegiate dodgeball. And you could tell his, his team was really listening to him. Um, I saw some really good arms from uh, two guys from Kentucky, uh, number 22 and number 23, respectively. I don't know their names, so, gentlemen, I'm sorry for that right now. But uh, Kentucky looked good. Um, it looked like they came in with a pretty good game plan to keep ball control against Western Kentucky. And it lo- looked to me like they kept it for all three points. And they had a nice fight with WKU at the end of the first half where it did not pick up that uh, second point at the end of the first half. That was a good job at WKU to at least have a one, only one nothing lead going, a one nothing disadvantage, only a one nothing disadvantage going into halftime. But um, it looked to me, Sean, like you may be able to help me out, it looked like a first game to me, from both teams. It looked like there was some disorganization on both sides. Like, people, you could tell there were some, like, air, like just really wild throws. But both teams looked like they had some potential. What, Sean, would you see? Um, so, I haven't had a chance to get past the second game of the videos because I have been incredibly busy. Um, but for the first few games I saw, um, you know, exactly what you said. It just seemed like two real early starts to the season. Um, you know, st- like, stuff you'd expect to see in December. Yeah. Um, you know, the first thing that I, I noted was in the first game, uh, I think right off the bat, uh, Western went up, I think, with a ball advantage of 7-3. Um, and, you know, I'm sure as the year goes on and they and everyone starts to learn how to work together and you know, become a better team, then this won't happen. But throughout the course of the game, um, they slowly lost ball control, which I think was one of the big issues as to why they ended up losing that point. Um, because... You know, if they had started up uh, well with the ball control, even if they had lost it later on, then it wouldn't have hurt them too much. But they uh, they were up, but when they were throwing, they didn't put their balls on target, and they were really just losing ball control because you know they couldn't hit anyone, and it wasn't doing anything to help them. So they were losing the balls, but not taking out of Kentucky's numbers. Um, so I think that really hurt them. Uh, both sides, though, I saw like a lot of. Um, a lot of people taking things upon themselves, um, which you know, it's good to know that both teams have people who want to uh, want to get in the action, want to play. Um, but again, just a little bit of disorganization on both sides. But yeah. that at this early in the game, that's no surprise whatsoever. Yeah, like the uh, what I think of when you say that is like there were the first point. I, I don't know if anyone else watched it, but Zach Brown had an amazing first point. I want to say it was like five kills and like two catches. It was. It was a great first point, and he had a guy that was with him the entire time, and like that was the difference. Like there were equally good players on the Western Kentucky side, but they didn't go up with anyone. Whereas Zach, being the veteran he is, at least three or four years in the league now, like he, they, they Kentucky almost always went up with a blocker behind, and that was something that you didn't see from Western Kentucky. That I'm sure they'll change. You know, uh, Johnson, Nick, Nick Johnson, Nick Johnson, yeah. Nick, uh, Nick's going to do a really good job of that throughout the year. It's something always to improve on. But, yeah, I mean, both teams look like they have some, like, potential in them. I saw good arms. I saw some good catches. 
nothing really that you can say off of like the first match of the year. You know, like just shaking off the rust for a lot of people. Yeah. So that was the first match. Um, now we'll move on to the Central Michigan invite, which uh, also happened to include Kentucky and Western Kentucky. Yep. Uh, but also include uh, included Grand Valley, Central Michigan. Uh, both B teams from Grand Valley and Central, Michigan State, Ohio State, and it was supposed to include Bowling Green, but unfortunately they dropped out uh, from what I hear the day of the tournament. Um, so the results of this were Grand Valley going five and zero, with their B team going two and zero, Central their A team going four and one, and their B team going one and one, Michigan State going four and one, Ohio State going two and two, Western going one and four. Kentucky going 0-4, and, and then Bowling Green via forfeit 0-4. All four games, let's put it that way, they canceled that They canceled that morning that they weren't coming. And by NCAA rules, any match that was set becomes a win for that team. Yep. In case you don't know. Yeah. Um, so in the first block of scores, uh, as posted on the website, uh, we have Central beating Kentucky 6-0, uh, Grand Valley beating Western 8-0, and then Grand Valley's B team taking out Central's B team 3-1. Uh, so, you know, obviously we haven't seen any videos for this yet, um, and us being over here in Maryland, we can't speak too much of it other than prior knowledge on the teams, um, but John, what do you think? I mean, I just think this is going to be another year, like, Grand Valley slaughtering the hell out of everyone. Like, come on, like, Central's a pretty good team, and Grand Valley's B team being 3-1, to one. like, come on, man, like, the first match of the year, there's supposed to be some rust. Grand Valley's B team beats Central Michigan three to one. I mean, look for no, no disrespect to Kentucky, I I I I think everyone can admit Central Michigan is a team to watch this mm-hmm. year. Um, from the first video I saw of Kentucky, the fact that the players I know that were returning for Central Michigan, it personally did not surprise me very much that Central Michigan took down University of Kentucky six to nothing. Neither is it that Grand Valley took down Western Kentucky. Eight to nothing. Those were, I think, matches kind of set. You know, first match of the day, have fun, Western Kentucky. Go fence, go face defending champion Grand Valley. You know, I mean. Yeah. Um, I won't comment on that too much because I think you just said everything that needed to be said. It was the first block of the day, and you had Central going against Kentucky and uh, Western going against Grand Valley. And the only other part that is that we could mention is both Kentucky and Western, I'm sure, were a little bit tired from playing each other. The week, the week before, yeah, yeah, and they had a long drive. That is, that's like, that's got to be eight, nine hours minimum. Uh, Kentucky, Kentucky to Michigan? That depends on where they're coming from. Okay, so sure. let's say six to eight hours. Let's stay there. That's a, still, you know, that's, like you can a, be able to That sounds like a solid reference. That sounds pretty close. All right, so in the second set of games, uh, we had the only one-point game of the day, uh, Michigan State beating Central 2-1, to one, Ohio State uh, beating Western 7-0, to zero. And then Central Michigan's B team taking out Kentucky. I'm sorry, there were two one-point games, uh, three to two in overtime. Hmm. So let's start with Michigan State and Central. Go ahead, Sean. Take it away with this one. All right, <clears throat> this one. Um, uh, all the Michigan teams, they're they're. It's tough for me to say anything because, uh, like based on last year, Grand Valley's one, and then Saginaw. Whenever they started this year, I have to put them at two, just based on last year. Michigan State, I, I I don't know too much about because um, you know Van Erman's gone now, and he was the main guy for me to get in contact with to find yep. out stuff about their team. Um, I do know they have that one kid, and if I butcher his name, I apologize. That's... No, no, I, no, no, Galvez or Galvez, one of those two, I think. And if I get it wrong, someone please tell me. Okay. Um, but. He was he was unbelievable. I saw twenty minutes of him last year, and I, I don't forget who they were. But it was an, I think it was an elimination thing. It was on Sunday, and he man that kid he was the best freshman last year by far, Sean. That I saw. I don't know about you if you got any chance to see him, but this kid's going to be one of the best in the NCAA in the next couple of years. And yeah, Michigan State they still they, they have a good team. Like you know like like I said it's so it's ever like Michigan State their first. It was was that was that, was that there was their first match of the day right first match of the day that was their first match of the day going against Central Michigan and a very very impressive win taking down Central Michigan who just had a um a warm up game against Kentucky one six nothing Central Michigan's feeling good they're like all right took down Kentucky a good team first block of the day 
And they were all warmed up going in to Michigan State. I do not know how the points went. I don't know if it went like up to nothing. And then Central came back. Yeah, I have no idea. The point Central went up, and then Michigan State scored, or, or and then State scored two, and then it was one to one, something like that. There are too many options for us to read into without no or without seeing the video. Yeah. Let's just put it like it would not have surprised it. It doesn't surprise me that Michigan State beat Central Michigan two to one, and it wouldn't have surprised me had Central Michigan beat Michigan State two to one. Yeah. Both good teams, both top six teams in the league. I think we can say right now. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, I do know the one thing about Michigan State that helps them is I think this is I want to say Colin O'Brien's fourth year in the league. I'm not sure though, but. He's at the helm now, and with him having been behind uh, Mike Van Irwin last year, and then the year before, um, I believe he was with them, and I believe he was uh, working with Sam Hiller and Mike. So, you know, he's picked. Up, I'm sure he's picked up a lot from the guys who uh, who were there. And you know, last year Michigan State put up a good showing. A great um, show! They almost took down. Uh, who did they lose to? Was it Grand Valley? They lost to. No, the semis. No, it was Saginaw. They lost to Saginaw, but it was close, wasn't it? Like a three-two game, two-one, something like that. It was a one-pointer. That was close. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was a good match. I heard. Yeah. Um. um but so, um. You go ahead. State like state looks good. Um. Central, I you know I'm not gonna put them down for losing this game at all because no. it, first off it's another Michigan school. Yeah. So again, what are you gonna say? Exactly. Um. But that and I believe they're still mostly a very very young team. So last year was like their big year to get their experience, and again, it's early in September. Now they're just starting to put all the experience that they got last year to use. So, for all we know, this in two weeks, this score could be Central Michigan to Michigan State one. Yeah, it could or, have gone either way, or any other option for yeah. that matter. One thing about Michigan State, back to uh, Colin O'Brien, I feel like every time I hear his name, like he he made first team last year, right? I think Colin O'Brien did make first team on NCAA last year. I think he did. I, I don't want to talk to him. The NCAA day only has good things to say about Colin O'Brien in terms of, well, I don't know anything about the guy, but his name comes up all the time as being a big player in this league. But, like, that's, like, off, like, when I'm talking to, like, other people. But I never, like, hear, like, his name in, like, podcasts or anything. I feel like he's like Joe Tobin, kind of floats under the radar sometime, like, never gets, like, the credit, like, that he deserves. Well, like, we, we pumped Joe a lot in our podcast. We did. We pumped Joe a lot, but I've seen Colin play a couple times. He's a really solid player. Really solid player. Very well-deserving of the first team last year. Yeah. Um, so while we're the year, uh, the other two blocks in the game, Grand Valley versus Western, is, is there anything? There, there's to say? nothing to say. Yeah, it's, it's Grand it's, Valley. and It's just, at this just point, it's just ridiculous. It's simple. Just and then Grand Valley's stupid. B team taking out CMU's B team. Let's just both take a second to recognize that both these schools, not only are they really, really good, but they have enough depth. To both field yeah, teams. Yeah, good for Central Michigan bringing a B team. I know it's their own tournament, but still, I mean, you know, that's that's nice. Yeah, and they got a point. They got a point against Grand Valley's B team. I mean, come on now, Grand Valley's <laughs> Grand Valley's Grand Valley's B team. Grand Valley's B team <coughs> beat. Um, never mind. Never mind. Well, I, I think. Wait, no, no, no. We're looking back at the first block. We need to look here. Oh yeah, you're yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we're done talking about. How good Grand Valley is. No more about how good Grand Valley is. Wait, wait to Ohio State beat Western Kentucky seven and nothing. That kind of surprised me a little bit. Seven nothing. Like that yeah, no, that, that actually is really surprising because I would thought it would have been like four one. No, because like, didn't didn't like they that. play each other in the first round last year at, at Nationals uh, of Elimination Day? Because I think um, I think Western. I think they did. Yeah, Western beat Ohio State, and then Western put up a good fight against JMU. And That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what a change. What a, I mean, so OSU wanted some revenge there. It, uh, big yeah, time. Clearly. Big time. 7 nothing slaughtered. That's, yeah. that's bad. Um, but since we did mention the B teams real quick, I will make a quick point. Um, a couple years ago, Central had 10 guys, and... Um, Are we really going to talk I'll, about this? No, no, no. Um, this, this is a positive point. This is a point towards uh, Wes Peters in particular, his ability to recruit people, because I know, I think he was a little bit upset that people were, um, I, I guess, maybe more concerned than they should be about what uh, Central being able to pull more people in. Mm-hmm. And, That's a good quote. And clearly with him and the other guys he's been working with, but obviously he's been... Scott Valley. Yeah, but yeah. Wes has been the main focal point of that. Clearly, oh yeah, clearly he knows how to recruit. Yeah. I mean, good for Central Michigan. They go two nationals ago. They go from having, I think it was 10 or 11 people. Mm-hmm. Now they have a B team. It's like, that's a year and four months away. Good for them. I mean, that's that's awesome. Yeah. All right, so on to the third block. Um, 
We got Grand Valley beating Michigan State six to nothing. Ohio State beating Kentucky six to nothing. And then with no score, um, listen, uh, Grand Valley's B team beating WKU. Um, so let's start with OSU to Kentucky. That's I mean it's still really no, sh- I mean, it's, yeah, no shock to me. No shock to me. OSU just came coming off a big win, being the team that just eliminated them, hyped up. They take down they take down Kentucky the same score they took down Western Kentucky. I mean, for that doesn't surprise me. Six nothing. Well, here here's what I just realized. The first two matches Ohio State plays in this tournament, it are against both teams that eliminated them from the last two nationals. Yeah. Um. So that's just an good interesting point. And they beat them seven nothing and six nothing. They're probably feeling pretty damn good for themselves. Yeah. Right um. So we'll see. I don't know if that translates well for Ohio State or if it, I don't want to say it's an indictment against WKU or UK. No, 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 no. But you know, the the fact that both games were so high scoring in one favor hmm. is very surprising because for the last couple of years, I think it's safe to say, and you know, obviously, new year, new players, new teams. But yeah. the last couple of years, WKU and Kentucky, especially two years ago, have been better than us. Yes. And then last year. Um, Pretty even playing field. Well, no, last year I would say WKU. I think people weren't expecting much out of them, and I think big first round win, home team, Ohio State. Yeah, and I think them and UK uh, having both won the first round. Uh, um, yeah, I think we were about the same level, if not them a little bit higher, just because yeah, they won the first I think round. That's about right. And again, new year, new players. We only lost to OSU four to nothing. I mean, still four to nothing, but that's just cool. just the spread um, is kind of surprising. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the even more surprising spread to me um, is Grand Valley Michigan State. What do you mean the more surprise? This was the most shocking score of the entire day. This Michigan State was going into the season was one of the teams people thought could knock off Grand Valley. Well, I mean, again, early in the year, but they still might. But still, six just, six nothing. That's 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 not how you want to start. I mean, look, we all know Michigan State's a good team. There's no denying that. Okay, we all know Grand Valley's a great team. Okay, but six nothing. Come on, man. I don't think, yeah. Did any of us really expect that? I didn't. I, I, was, no. I was expecting like a 3-1 game. Yeah. Grand Valley, Michigan. I was expecting Michigan. Now, knowing how Grand Valley ran through last year with, I think, Saginaw being the only team to take a point from them in the regular season, I can't necessarily say it's surprising that Michigan State got shut out just because Grand Valley has shown the history of being able to do that. But it was the six. I, it was it was the six. Yeah, that. I don't think anyone saw common. Especially no knowing how um, the schools in Michigan have been known to play at more of a deliberate pace, more than a, a run-and-gun style that you might get that many points going in the 50 minutes that we play. Yep. Um, but I, I think I, I don't think that will stay that way throughout the course of the year. I, I, I know Grand Valley will get better as the year goes on, which is a scary thought. Um, but Michigan State will as well. Um, and then... That I don't think we can comment on the Grand Valley B team beating WKU without a score. No. No, we'll just give them. Yeah. Um, All right, next block. All right, this one. Central Michigan beating Ohio State 6-1. Uh, to one. Michigan State uh, beating WKU 6-1. to one. And then Grand Valley beating UK 3 to nothing. Um, so Central beating Ohio State 6-1. That, I don't want to say surprising. But at the same time, again, it's the spread that's catching my eye. Yeah, it's I. If you would, if all these matchups, if you would have put them in front of me, and you would have told me to pick a score for the game, I wouldn't have been close on any of these. I, a lot of these scores are really surprising me. I think even like total points played wise, like we would not have had seven points. No, and no chance. Like no I, chance. I would have put it at like a max of five. Yeah, and like so, like my question is, is like, is Central Michigan? Like, are they really, are they playing that well? Are they really playing that? I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if they were. Not to mention, they had a whole block to mull over the fact that they lost to Michigan State 2-1. to one. So Yep, that's a good call. What, one can only imagine on their home court, they did not want to come out and lose a second one. Yeah, they were probably pretty fired up. And they, they, they wanted to do it in style, too, I bet. Yeah. Um, Send me a good message. Yeah, that's a big win. That's a big win for Ohio State. For, excuse me, for Central Michigan after losing to Michigan State. That's a big comeback win right there. Yeah. Um, okay. Michigan State beat Western Kentucky 6-1. Which, again, this one is... It's just the spread. It's just the spread. So there's the spread, but the, 
Here, here's what catches my eye, though, because Ohio State shuts out WKU. Uh-huh. And at this point, I think we'd both safely say Michigan State's a better team than OSU. Yes. Now, games played later in the day, sure, they're more tired, whatever. WKU got a point, which is more than they got against Ohio State, which... I'm pretty surprised WKU got a point. It, good it, for them. Like, yeah. Good for you guys. Like, Western Kentucky, well done. Michigan State's a good team. I think, like you said, if both of us were predicting this, we would have said the score of the Ohio State game would have had uh, WKU scoring as opposed to the Michigan State game if we knew that one of them was going to be a shutout. I think that's right, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Last block of games, uh, Central uh, beating WKU 5 to nothing. Mm-hmm. Um Grand Valley beating Ohio State six to nothing, and then MSU beating UK four to nothing. The only thing that really stands out to me here is going back to the last block, where again WKU got a point, and then this round, the Michigan schools blank the other schools. So that I, I don't know if that one point was just a fluke or if it was just a really really hard fought or something something extraneous happened, but the the shutouts in this block. Don't surprise me. I think the entire state of Michigan sending a big, big memo to everyone else saying that they're they're still by far the. I mean, there's no denying Michigan's not the best region, but the disparity here is becoming just ridiculous. Yeah, and we'll touch on that later. Yeah, we will. Um, so I, I, again, I don't really think there's much to bring up here because it's just at this point Michigan versus the world again. It really is. Um, it really is. The last one, and I'll bring this up now since it's relevant to this tournament. Bowling Green forfeiting due to cancellation the morning of the tournament. Come on, guys. Like if if you're gonna commit your team to a tournament, stay committed to the tournament. If you like, if sure the morning of everyone, it, it ends up. I don't know. Let's say freaking Ebola finds its way over here. Um, let, let's say they all wake up and have Ebola. Um. Obviously, I don't want that to happen. But, yeah, no, no, no. But but let's say that happens. Then yeah, sure. But if you're gonna commit your team to a tournament, you should know that you have the numbers to commit to that before you go, as and because it throws off the scheduling for the host team who has to take the time to fix everything the morning of the tournament. So you're putting them under a stressful situation, and then you're putting the other teams under. Uh, maybe not stressful, but a confusing situation because they don't—they no longer know which teams they're playing when. Yeah, and you give every other team a win. Like, yeah, uh, well, I didn't—I actually—I didn't even know this rule, but apparently, what is it? Is it twenty-four hours, Sean? Cancel uh, a uh, day of like, the day of. If you cancel the day, like if you cancel the day of any scheduled matches, you forfeit, but the team actually gets the win. So, Grand Valley, Central Michigan, Michigan State, and Western Kentucky, who are all scheduled to play. Bowling Green each got another win. That's all we need is freaking Grand Valley getting another automatic win. Oh, it's just to me, it's it's not even about really. What's my I like my right tone? Really? Come on, it's awesome. <laughs> um, no, for me, it's just the principle of the matter because I just I don't know. Like if you and I were to tell a team that we're coming to their tournament, you and I would both feel the worst if we had to wake up the morning of and call them and say we can't come. Yes, I would feel like such a douche. It just, it, it doesn't feel right. So, just hope everyone around the league, if you commit yourself to a tournament, please, please don't commit without knowing for sure that you can go. Yep. Alright, I, I don't think we need to say any more about yeah. it. Alright, uh, so moving on to this weekend, um, which by the time this gets posted might be the weekend past, see, uh, depending on how long it takes to edit this. Say, we need you here, buddy. Posted by... Posted Friday. Hopefully. And now your game time preview. Well, at least that wasn't weird. Alright, so this weekend, uh, we'll start with the Saturday one, uh, which is the first uh, Grand Valley Open Invite. Woo! Um, um, but that's all. Ooh, boom! I got the schedule. Boom! Go me. Alright, there are five teams coming. And it's Grand Valley, Kent State, Michigan State, Central Michigan, and Saginaw. So, Boom. So what you're saying is we basically just wasted like five minutes. We did. Did. <laughs> so wrong. <laughs> so the only non-Michigan team coming is Kent State. Oh, yeah. Okay, so first schedule a match. It's Grand Valley versus Kent and Michigan State versus Central Michigan. Oh, nice rematch right there already. Yeah, Early season, Michigan a, State, Central Michigan. Um, to start the day again, that's... 
I'll go with you know what? I'm I'm gonna go with Central Michigan is gonna pull out a win against Michigan State this time. I'm gonna say they come back. Uh, I'm gonna say West gets his team fired up. Traveling doesn't really matter in this case, and I'm gonna say Central Michigan takes down Michigan in this rematch. All right. Um, I'm gonna go a little bit further. I'm gonna say this game goes into overtime. Ooh. Ooh. Um, nice. And I'd be really interested to see Central Michigan's best six go against Michigan State's best six and see how that goes. Yep. Um, it, it's hard for me to pick this one because, obviously, it was so close last time, and I think it'll be close however many times they play each other this mm-hmm. year. But, you know, I, I think this is a revenge game, too. I think I think Central gets this one. I said I'm going to go Central Michigan 2-1. You're, what are you going, 2-1 in overtime? 2-1 in overtime. 2-1 in overtime. All right. Then let's talk a little about Kent State. We got Grand Valley and Kent State coming up. All right. Uh, from my opinion, Kent State's going to be the toughest team to predict before their first match this season, or even as the year goes on, because they lost so many people last year. But from what uh, their captain, Albert Tepera, and I talked about over the summer, you know, he tells me that like, they're, they're losing a lot of their name recognition guys, but he was telling me that some of their guys who were their best players and, you know, as you said, better than some of the guys that they lost, at least in certain aspects, they're still around. So Shotgun Rob. Shotgun Rob still playing? Yeah, I believe he's Shotgun there. Rob. Oh, my God. You just, you, just, you just really like that name. Such a great name. Such a great name. Uh, I'll take it actually a step further than that. Um, I talked to – I talked to – I don't know. I don't know if I talked to someone. But anyway, <laughs> I talked to someone. Um <laughs> Kent State, at the end of last season, not this past season, but technically two seasons ago, everyone was walking and wondering about Saginaw Valley because they were losing uh, just a lot of people. Everyone was wondering, is Saginaw going to fall off a little bit? And everyone in their team, everyone in like the preseason podcast beginning last year was like, guilty. Yeah, that's fine. And that's fine. It was like Saginaw's going to fall off. And then, boom, the only team to take down Grand Valley last year. I don't see Kent State falling off. I still see Kent State easily a top 14 just because with the amount of games they're going to play, and I think they have the skills that still to be a quarterfinal, possibly semifinal team. I just, I think they're too, I completely agree. Like, I with what you just said, I think they're too, their depth is too good, even though they are losing. I don't ever remember a team losing as many big names in one year as I do Kent State this this year. But their yeah, bo- we, have, we haven't been around as long. Yes, but their bottom end of their talent was still very, very solid. There were no like, there were no scrubs. Scrubs, thank you. There were no scrub players on their team. It's going to be a little difficult them going up against Grand Valley the first match. I'm going to go. I'm going to go five nothing. Grand Valley takes down Kent, even though I think Kent still has a really good team. Um, remember Grand Valley beat Kent at JMU four nothing with their. I know. With their lineup last year. As, um, well, that one, the, um, I talked to Dan at that tournament. They did not have many, many of That's right. Teams. You're right. They did not. Um, so I want to say this. I'm going to preface this by saying this first match against Grand Valley, I don't think is going to be a sign of how Kent State season is going to go. Completely agree. Completely agree. Um, but I see Grand Valley beating them 6 nothing. I see five nothing, six nothing. Um, next block we go Grand Valley, Saginaw, and Kent versus Michigan State. So let's go Kent, Michigan State first. Oh man, those are two great. Those games. are two great games. Um, what, what I would be just to sit in the stands. Oh my god, I am. I. I think Michigan. We both predict Michigan State is going to come off a really tough loss here, and there's no way I have. I'm going to have them losing two in a row. So I'm going to go. Michigan State takes down Kent. I'm going to go, like, 3-1. A good game, though. A good game. Like, it's up, Michigan State's up 2-1, and it comes down to that last point. A bunch of momentum shifts, and I'm going to go. But I'm going to say Michigan State takes it, 3-1. All right. Um, I'm going to take this one and say that you said Kent's going to be a top-14 this year. I think um, just with the amount of games they're going to play, I, I feel uh, it. Maybe record-wise they might be, but I think le- like where they actually are, if we had, like, power rankings – I think Michigan State's going to beat them this year, and I would say that it's going to be a fight between Central Michigan, which I think right now has a clear lead just because we haven't seen Kent play. Yep. But until until I hear about them playing each other, I think Central has a clear lead, and I would personally put Central in front of Kent. Not to discount Kent, but I think Central just has gotten that good. Yeah. So 
Who do you have winning, Kent versus Michigan State? I have Michigan State winning me too. 5-1. 5-1? Really? Yeah. Okay. 5-1, you it's, say. It's Kent's first tournament, and Michigan State already has a tournament under their belt. No problem. All right. I mean, then let's go to the best matchup of the day. Grand Valley Saginaw. Here we go. All right, here's a real question. Does Saginaw take a point or the win from Grand Valley? Okay, they're definitely going to take a point, um, I think. I know actually a lot of people are going to disagree with me there. Um, taking a win, I'm, I'm going to say not. Um, I'm going to say Grand Valley takes them down here. Um, I just – they Grand Valley, I mean, they have all the momentum. They went undefeated last week. They're going to beat Kent State the first match. This is going to be – keep in mind, this is going to be Saginaw's first match of the year, and they are going against Grand Valley. I, I say Saginaw just – that beats their Saginaw's definitely, I think we can all agree, the second or third best team in the nation. But I say they have a little rust. Everyone's got a little rust their first match. I'm going to go Grand Valley 3 nothing. All right. Um, or, actually, no. I'm sorry. Let's go 3-1. Okay. I think this match is going to be closer than that. Closer than that. Ooh. I think the reason why is because, yes, it's Saginaw's first match of the day, first match of the year. But... They have the opportunity to sort of wake themselves up mentally because they're not playing in the first match. So they have a little bit of time to sit around and, you know, they're not like fresh out of bed, just drove to Grand Valley. You know, um, I don't think it's that far of a drive for them, only a couple hours. But, yeah. um, you know, still, like if, if we drove down to Maryland and we played them first game of the day, we're still a little bit tired depending on how early we have to play them. And they're only an hour from us. Yep. Um, but... Yeah, they they have a chance to wake up, see some action, and then that like ne- neither of these teams need need a reason to get up against each other. No. They're like they're always ready to go. Yep, it's it's the best rivalry in collision in NCAA basketball. That's it. It is. It is. It is. I think people can disagree with me there. I think it is. I'll agree with you. But. Since neither team needs a reason to get up for each other, I oh my god, it's going to be such a great matchup. I think this one's going to be two to one, and I think the last game because I don't think it'll turn into a point. I think it'll be close enough where Saginaw could take it, or Grand Valley could go up three to one, and ultimately, I think before either team has the opportunity to, I think it'll be down to like maybe five or six players on each team. Yep, and I think the clock runs out. Gotcha. All right. Uh, let's go to the third block of matches for that day. We've got Grand Valley versus Central Michigan, okay. and we've got Kent versus Saginaw. Let's start with Kent versus Saginaw. Um, Saginaw, we both have coming off a tough loss. There's no way they're losing two in a row. No, no. So no. I, I don't think I don't think there's anything more to say about that. More Score. than I see. I'm gonna go four nothing. Saginaw versus Kent. I'll go four one. You gonna go four one? Four one. Okay, uh, yeah. So let's keep. Let's continue. Um, so we have Grand Valley versus Central Michigan. Sean, you want to take that one? All right. Um, again, Grand, I, I think Grand Valley goes back to blanking other teams, um, especially because you know they, they like they'll lose a point. And um, last year, with how long it took them to lose one, they're not going to lose one that early in the year. They'll be upset about it. I think Central will be up for the game, um, but I think until later in the year when um, they have more time to. Take what they learned last year and still put it together because again, still very early in the year. Yep. Um, yeah, I think it'll take Central another month or so to really put that together and really be able to put it against a team like Grand Valley. Um, but I have it being much lower scoring this time, and I have Grand Valley winning three zero against Central. Against Central. Okay. So this is the only time I'm going to bring this up, and um, Wes. Peters, feel free to comment on this. Yeah, he will. I'm very, very surprised that the Central Michigan invite, the invite that just happened this week, that Central Michigan did not decide, decided to not schedule Grand Valley on their uh, list. As we all know, the peop- if you ho- host a home tournament, you come up with the schedule. Yeah. Uh-huh. And they decided the only team they were not going to face that day was Grand Valley. I get it, strategy-wise. Oh, it's the right thing to do. You pick up an extra point. Also, you have to remember everything got thrown for a loop. Everything did get thrown for a loop. That's because correct. Of, because of Bowling Green. So, I'm even more intrigued than I was 
I mean, I, re- I really wanted to see them play this past weekend, so, but I'm really excited to see them now. Um, I'm, okay, I'm, I'm not going Grand Valley upset here. I'm Central Michigan upset. I'm not doing that. But I'm going to say Central Michigan sneaks a point away from Grand Valley here. I, I don't know why. I, I just have a gut feeling with how the way Central Michigan, I've heard, played this past weekend that Wes Peters has them ready to go. Um, they have a break before this, score. before this match. So I'm going to go Grand Valley taking down Central Michigan. I'm going to go 3-1. to one. I see still, three, still see Grand Valley taking a, a three points, but I'm going to say Central Michigan sneaks a point away. So that's I don't want to say that's not really an upset, but it's a bold move. That's a bold, bold move. I, I, think, I think Central Michigan takes a point here. All right, next block of games. Okay, this is the final block of games, and we have Saginaw versus Central Michigan, and Kent versus I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Saginaw versus Michigan State, and Kent versus Central Michigan. Kent versus Central Michigan. Sean, start it off. All right. Um, well, seeing as I kind of already, or I think kind of, I did allude to this earlier. I think this is going to be a fight for you know, showing who, which team is just better than which right now on that sort of tier, because right now I have the top three being Grand Valley, JMU, and Saginaw, not necessarily in that order. Yep. Um, And then the next sort of grouping would be, like, Michigan State, Central, Kent, Ohio State, or, you know, with how much they improved last year, you might even be able to throw Maryland on the lower end of that or us on the lower end of that, depending on how we come along. Yep, I'd agree. Um. But, I mean, not ahead of Central or Michigan State. Let's make that clear. Nope. Um, so, Kent versus Central, Sean. Score, score, score. Oh, God. I'll go first if you want. No, I just, I really don't want to be the bold guy to predict two overtimes. But I'm gonna go oh, me too! Me I'm too! Overtime. This is, I think this game has overtime written all over it. I say, now, I say 3-2 in Central's favor. Three, oh, upset. No? Yeah, I think this really... No? I think this early in the year, it's not an upset. It's not an upset? Okay. I think, it, I think it's just two teams that are that close to each other. Boom. He's got Central. I'm going to go with Central, too. I, I just think the front six for Central Michigan will have a little bit more experience than the six that they choose for Kent. Just because of OT experience, I, I'm not sure if Kent has anyone that they would have, right now, that they would have seen in a regular overtime before. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe they've one or two players. So I'm going to go with Central Michigan. I'm going to go 2-1 score, but I have Central Michigan coming out as well. All right, and then the last match of the day, we'll have Saginaw versus Michigan State. All right. Um, oh, jeez. This is – I mean, this is this is tough because, yeah, I know I have Saginaw taking the point from Grand Valley, but I think Michigan State is going to get to – I think both Michigan State and Central have the potential to get up there with those two this year. Oh, so it's tough for me to predict a score, especially knowing this is Saginaw's first tournament of the year. They've already played in their mind their biggest match of the day, so they've already gotten themselves to their mental peak for that. So they might be down a little bit, just a little bit more mentally tired. But you know, Michigan State, they're they're gonna have some tough games too. Obviously, with it being a mostly Michigan tournament. Um. You know what? I'm just going to say it's Saginaw 3. I'm going to give Michigan State just one here. Okay. I'm going 4 off in Saginaw. I don't think it's going to be very close. I think Saginaw is going to take advantage from the get-go, um, especially after, I think, you know, they lost to Grand Valley. I We both predicted that. We both predict they beat Kent State. I think they come back and they beat Michigan State 4 nothing. Um, so, Sean, I actually think we agreed on every single game. Has that ever happened before? When do we agree on anything? We never agree on anything. Never agree on a single thing. Okay, yeah, so we... if everything pans out like we believe, we would have Grand Valley going three and zero, Central Michigan going two and one, Saginaw going two and one, Michigan State going one and two, and Kent going zero and three. Yeah, that's just that's a gross, that was a great those are five really good teams right there. Yeah, those are five of the top six or seven teams in the league right now. Yeah. All right, so I'm going to make a quick transition because we've already been going for about uh, a little under 45 minutes. No, it's standard. Uh, yeah, I know, but we got another tournament to do and then some comments after. Okay, let's go. Um, so the last tournament that uh, I currently know of and that I currently have up on the schedule 
um, until October 18th, that's a little bit far away, we can do that later, um, is currently certain, the two teams for certain right now, it's just JMU and Towson. I've talked to Dylan Allred from Maryland. He says more than likely, and you know I trust him. Uh, I don't think he would play around about that. But more than likely, Maryland will be down at JMU. Um, hopefully they are there. Uh, the more teams, the better. And then I haven't heard anything, but I believe Penn State is still an outside shot of coming. Um, again, hopefully they do. Uh, the more teams, especially that haven't been able to come to many things, that are able to come, the better. Um, you know, as I post on the captain's page, RIT showing interest in getting back to things. We'll see how that pans out. Um, and the more teams for us to play, frankly, the better. Yeah, so right now we just have, it being two teams, just Towson. That are 100% certain. Yeah, so, and let's just go with that. Okay. Okay, so if that was the case, we've already had talks with Ben, Sizemore, the captain of James Madison. Yep. And it would be, we would play two games. We'd have two yeah, matches. It would, it would be a doubleheader. It'd be a doubleheader, which is... Fine, and we might throw in one one in with their B team. We might throw in one. That's and that's cool too. Um, so let's right now let's talk about if it were just doubleheader, JMU versus Towson. Sean, we'll start off. <sighs> God, this is hard. Oh my is, God, it's just gonna be. It'll be so fun seeing JMU again. No. All right. <laughs> so here's a little explanation of why this one irritates me so much. You know the uh, the county I come from back home. We really have yes. no, that, we're, I'm making a connection. Okay, go ahead. All right. So for four years in, this, in that county, there was one school in that county that everyone wanted to be at everything because they were that good, and they made sure to let you know about it. And I never, for whatever reason, was able to beat River Hill High School. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I'm running into that situation again in college, and it's driving me insane. Just, I can't believe it. Like, it's just, it, like... It's so good. It's just so good. It's tough. But I think... But! But, but, but... Uh, there's a but, as you, at, Not for this tournament, but as you and I discussed on the car ride over here, I think this year, again, not this weekend, but... This year, the talent that we have has potential to be the best starting 15 we've ever had. So, not for this upcoming weekend, but for the future, I think this might be our best shot against JMU. Okay, that's absolutely correct. It's going to be our best shot of being JMU. A big term there is shot yeah. of being JMU. <laughs> um, now, look, I mean, I, I talked to a bunch of the JMU guys. Uh, I kept in connection throughout the summer. Uh, they're looking as good as ever. Their their big loss, as we all know, was Andrew Hassett yeah. this year. The good news is uh, for JMU, and this is why I I just I love talking about him. Everyone should read if you're in in if you're in the NCD. Everyone should read all of the previews that Sean and Kevin have written uh, preseason. It's been mostly Kevin. It's been mostly Kevin. Sean, you've written one or two? Uh, no, Jacob Lesky wrote the Jacob Lesky wrote Okay, so it's been Jacob Lesky and uh, Kevin. And this week, yesterday actually, Towson and JMU's preview came out. Yeah. And the best quote in all of uh, <laughs> Collegian Dodgeball this season so far has been Ben Sizemore, and it was the players to watch. And the reason why this is so funny to us is because we can actually... It's like, like all we, true. We, no, we can hear him saying It's this. just unbelievable. And Kevin asked, he's like, Ben, he's like, who are the players to watch out for for JMU? And he said, all of us. All of us. And, and I'm just like, and I'm like, that's just such an accurate description for JMU because their depth is just ridiculous. But it's such a Ben comment. You know, like, and, like, he, all he does, all Ben does is give credit to other people, which is great. That's how a captain should act. But it's so true. Like, it's so true. Like, JMU's B team is a, a, a solid team. Could be, I'd say, still over half of the NCDA teams that are in the league right now. Their team's good. Their B team, yeah. Maybe. So, even though this is Towson's best shot this year, you say, to beat JMU. We're also... Putting that against yeah. the fact that JMU has so much experience. Yeah. So much experience. It's ridiculous. So, talent wise for us, it's our best shot. But knowing how much of a team JMU is going to be, it may just be how it was in the past. Yeah. If anyone's ever been to the JMU Beast tournament in early February, you know they have a great turnout. Uh, they have a lot of dedicated fans. Their teammates get into it, even the B team, even if you're not on the B team. 
the team travels well. They do a lot together. They're a big family there. And, you know, I, I just I just think JMU, if there's, if there's JMU's year, it's here. It's this, right, Sean? Because they're losing a decent amount after this year. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah. Uh, I've talked to Ben a little bit. He said they're working on a lot of recruiting. So you never yeah. know. But from what we know of their mainstay of guys for the last four years, this is, this this is, is their, their year. This, this is, is going to be their year if it's going to be it. Um, so let's talk a little bit about now Towson before we go with sort of for our pre for our guesses for how this weekend's gonna go. Yeah. Okay. So Sean, um, let's talk a little bit about Towson. All right. Since so we're very unbiased here, and we talk dodgeball truth. Yeah, I know. I know. And we just do. it's hard to describe how we're gonna do this early in the year because um, myself and the other guys who have taken charge um, for this year because. Some people may or may not know you are no longer our president. Yeah, I'm no longer president. I'm assistant captain this year. Uh, well, uh, interim. This is one of the changes that we're bringing this year. Yes. Um, so instead of doing closed-door practices like we used to do in the past, um, where we actually lost a lot of interest from and now my phone's going off, um, where we lost a lot of interest in the past, um, oh, hey, uh Ben just messaged me saying that. Boom! And Penn State. <laughs> Message me too. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, Penn State. Good job, Penn State. Okay. All right. right. So we'll get to that in a second. Okay, great. All right. Um, we might actually win one. Yes! <laughs> wait, wait, we'll get to that. Um, <laughs> your voice is so goofy sometimes. It is. All right. I'm a um, so it, we're doing things differently because before, the year, before we started in the NCDA. Towson Dodgeball did exist for many years, but it was just an on-campus team. And one of the things that made me the happiest as a freshman was that when we showed up, it was literally wall-to-wall people up and down. Not the not like the width of the court, but like the actual like length of the court. So funny. And so funny. There were just balls everywhere, people doing crazy stuff. And it was the most fun I could have imagined walking into a club sport as a freshman at Towson. And that's one of the things that definitely made me stay. The last couple of years, because we've been trying to become more competitive and we were trying to figure out the best way to do it, we were losing a lot of interest because the crowd of people that we were trying to cater to was getting different than the crowd that we had in the past. And we weren't getting that new crowd until this year. So this year, instead of doing the closed door practices, we decided to keep all of our nights open to anyone who wants to come. And then... For certain nights, we cut uh, the open dodgeball to just one hour, and then we do team nights for an hour. And will that hurt us in some senses? Yes. Will the change help us in some senses, though? Definitely. So we'll like we'll see how that goes. But because we've been going back to open, we've the first night of dodgeball we had, we had I don't we had like 50, 90, 94 people. Yeah, we had a, an absurd amount of people in the gym. Like, like we, JMU, man. We we literally we didn't know what to do because we weren't used to that for the last two years. And then the talent that we've been pulling from there, while it's, I'm not gonna say it's like we're pulling out a bunch of like Wes Hopkins type arms or would be or nice. even Joe <laughs> Tobin type arms, which yes would be wonderful. From what I've seen of our new guys, they're they're not the best yet, but obviously that's how freshmen can be. Yeah. But all of them seem to be really really open to listening, learning the game, and learning how to play the right way. So. This is why I think this is our best chance to make huge strides compared to where we've been in the past this year, just because I think this is going to be our best year team chemistry-wise. Completely agree. It's been the best so far. Yeah. So, all right. Um, so now that we have four teams coming instead of two. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> this is great. This is awesome. A little change of pace right here. So let's talk a little bit about, see, I guess we both can assume each team's going to play each team. Yeah. So um, let's talk a little bit about who we think is going to beat who, Sean. So wanted to well, let's about. let's do a little bit of a quick preview of Maryland and Penn State. Oh, we don't okay, want to leave them great. out. Great. So we know Maryland and Penn State are coming. Maryland, we know the most about. Uh, we know they're returning a good chunk of their guys. They've got at least ten or at least ten or eleven. They've got their biggest arm returning in Rohan Matal, and then we've heard they have a new freshman who uh, has an arm compare or that's very similar to his. That will certainly help them out. Um, and then, as we know in the past, much to my general, never mind, I'm not going to say it, um, they have a very, very good strategy. They are one of the best strategic teams I've seen. Yeah. 
I just wish I could play at a faster pace. I do. But it's not their style, and that's fine. Um, uh, hey, if it frustrates me, that's, yeah. it's good for them. Look, they have Dylan Allred, who I've given much credit here on this podcast before. He's He has a strategy, and strategy is different with every team. He does a good job. I've talked to him. We're good friends. Um, they stick to I it, see, and they do not deviate. I see another improved year from University of Maryland. Yeah, I'll say it right now, and this isn't to be self-serving for my own team, but I think the two of us, or the, our two teams, Maryland and Towson, are going to make the most noise this year. Because I think if we hadn't been matched up against each other in the first round in Nationals last year, I think we both would have moved on. That's fair. But De- Depending on who we were matched yep, up against. But it didn't happen that way, and Maryland won. Maryland won. Good. It was a great, good match. It was really good, good match. Good match. It was a good match. And then they you know, went up against the bus yep. all in Grand Valley, so we don't... Yeah. No, there, there's only so much you can yeah. say at that point. And let's also keep in mind they have I I always I've said his name the two podcasts ago Tyler Wyland. They they now nicknamed Wire or Wireland because Wireland. we called him Wire. We called him Wire because we didn't know his last name at first. Okay. Great player. Uh, I mean, he's got a good arm. He can catch. He almost single handedly won the big point versus JMU last year. When Maryland took down James Madison, the first team to take down James Madison on the East Coast. Yeah, I think he's one of those guys who's not overwhelmingly good at one thing, but is very good. Not yeah. like be- better than solid, very good at just about everything. Yeah, and he gets into it too. I like guys get into yeah, it. Yeah, he definitely does. Yeah, which I always appreciate. Okay, let's talk a little bit about Penn State now. All right, Penn State. Uh, Penn State. We, we know nothing about them. Let's nope. be honest. Zero. Uh, is Chris Cantor? Cantor Center. I still don't know how to say his last name. Um, he's graduated. He's no longer there. They have new leadership. I don't know who it is. Uh, we don't know who they're bringing. Um, they had good arms. They had really good arms the first, the only time we saw them last year. So we'll see how that goes. Um, the only thing that was real big with their arms last year is while they did have good arms, they, they threw Just, chest and uh, stomach. And if they can throw not in the bread basket and they can get their throws lower or get some good team throw action going on, you know, we don't know. I'm so glad I never throw chest high. That's a joke. Right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so now that we've uh, spent a lot of time on that, let's get the predictions going. What about Towson? We just previewed ourselves. I was paying attention to that. How did you not pick? Never mind. I was flipping cards. All right. I was, so I was shuffling cards. Prediction record wise. Okay. We have, or I'm going to say, and I'm sure you're going to follow suit. Jamie, you're going three and three now. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't you do it. Are you guys ready? Are you guys ready? Don't do it, John. <laughs> Don't do it, John. <laughs> just, just say it already. Just say it. All right. University of Maryland. Okay? Here is your shout-out, gentlemen. Because you are not going to beat James Madison. But you are going to send the match into overtime. And what? it's going to be... It is going to be... A 2-1 match, and it's going to be another classic Maryland-JMU match, which is under-the-radar rivalry on the East Coast. I'm telling you right now. But no, yes, JMU will go 3-0 this weekend. I'm going to say that went in the biggest, like, complete 180 of where I thought you were going with that. You thought I was going to go 1,000. You thought I was going to go 1,000. Didn't happen. Didn't happen, John. <laughs> All right. Oh, no comment. No comment. <laughs> All right, so we have JMU going through now. Um, so let's go. Their matches against the other teams. How would you say? Okay. J- how would you say JMU wins against us? Score wise. Do I have to answer that question? <laughs> yeah. Um, man, <laughs> I was hoping you wouldn't ask that. Uh, JMU is gonna take down Towson uh, five to nothing. Okay. Um, okay. Damn, I, I hate I, saying that. You know what? I, just I hate saying it. Don't like it. I hate. Ugh, it's so irritating. Well, good. No. Um, yeah, I see that. I could see that happening too. Um, <laughs> but I think because we have a lot of new guys who, they, I mean, we've told them about JMU and how things have gone in the past. But I think until they see it for themselves, they won't believe it. So I think they're going to come out with a good sense of ignorance. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're JMU's an ignorant team. No, no, our guys, our new guys. Oh, oh. I think okay, they're going to come out with a good sense of ignorance to how things have gone in the past. 
So I think they're going to come ready to play with no real mindset of like, oh, crap, here we go again. That's good and call. then I think it will help us in a sense where when our guys see that, you know, we're sick of losing to them, so the returners are going to put up a good fight. And I think we're going to put up, a, like as a team, we're going to put up a good fight. Tommy was score, Sean. I think Jamie's talent beats us four to one. Okay, great. I'd love if we get a point. Uh, just so you know, I said when I said ignorant, I didn't mean that was meant to be a compliment, like like a little arrogant, a little cocky on the court, which is good. You need that. Those two definitions are so different from each other. Arrogant and cocky? No, arrogant and ignorant. No, ignorant, ignorant. Well, it can kind of go together. That's a stretch. Moving on. Okay. Um, so, does any? Do you see Penn State tipping up a win? I see Penn State going on three. Okay, scores. Let's stick with scores. Okay, uh, I you see. You already have UMD going into overtime with JMU, with JMU going two to one. Boom. I have a close, low-scoring game because of Maryland's strategy, and I think if JMU gets ball control, and I think there's going to be three games. If they get ball control in all three games, it's going to be clearly more towards JMU. But I think if Maryland gets ball control, because as we know in the past, once they get ball control. They do not give it up, at least no, not very easily. They're great at it, and they're really good at it. And it's very frustrating um, from my point of view. But if Maryland gets ball control, I think it goes 2-1. to one. Regular J- time? Regular time. Okay. 2-1 to one regular time. If JMU gets ball control of all three points, I think it's JMU 3 to nothing. Okay. But you're going with 2-1, to one, correct? Going with 2-1 to one okay. because I expect Maryland to get ball control at at least one point. Okay, so we've done JMU versus Towson. We've done JMU versus Maryland. Let's go JMU versus Penn State. This one, because I'm going completely off the real version of ignorance, um, I'm going to say oh. Penn State goes down, unfortunately for them, but JMU is just that good. I'm going to say 8 to nothing. Can you say upset of the year? No. <laughs> no, no, you can't. Uh, no, uh, I'm going to go JMU 7 nothing. Just because I want to disagree with you a little bit. Of course. Yeah, of course. We, we wouldn't be us if we Wouldn't did. be us if we did. All right. Um, so, okay, so we've all got on all matches with JMU. So JMU goes 3 now. Okay. Okay, so let's go Penn State. We've already previewed Penn State playing James Madison. So let's go Penn State playing Maryland. I think you and I would both have Penn State overall going 0-3. Yep. And I have Maryland just because they keep the no Penn State like the match like what's the score? I know, but I'm saying like their record, oh, their okay. record is 0-3. Yes, um, I think their match against Maryland. I think Maryland might be more willing to pick up the pace with this one because I think there. I think all three of us are at this moment clearly a better team than Penn State. Yeah. Um, and I think Maryland wins this one. Um, I could see, I could see it going five to one, but I'm going to predict five zero. Okay, I am going to go with uh, five to one. Okay. I think Penn State picks up a point, but I think Maryland plays a little faster pace once they get up three, nothing, something like that. Yeah. But I'm going to say Penn State takes a point. I could see it, but my, personal, me, my yeah. personal prediction is 5-0. Wouldn't it surprise me if Maryland won 6 nothing. Wouldn't it surprise me if Maryland won 4-1? And, and again, nothing against Penn State. But nothing against Penn State. All right. Um, okay. and then, Boom. And Penn then, State-Towson. Penn State-Towson. Um, this one... You know, I think this one, depending on where it falls in the schedule, I think this one is where having new guys, a good chunk of them, will be helpful. But I think just because they're, they're going to have a huge learning curve. Um, I think this one will be about as close as it was with Maryland. But I want to say either 4 nothing, 5 nothing. But again, I'm going to be consistent and go 5 nothing. Okay. This is a trap game for Towson. Yeah. Okay. I'd say that. This could be a game where Penn State takes an early lead. And I'm going to tell you why right here. Because we have we do not have enough experience to know what it's like to play NC Day. And if we get matched up first versus Penn State, I'm telling you they can take a couple points. Yeah. I'm telling you it's really possible. Especially with all the freshmen. I am going to go with this is a little lower scoring game than you. I'm absolutely going to say Penn State takes a point because I recognize the talent that we they had last year. I'm going to say Penn State, uh, Towson does defeat Penn State, but I'm going to go with a 3-1 to one score, and I'm going to go with like a 1-1 one, one score at half, and then Towson takes it home and pulls away. Okay. Okay. All right. Now, this one, which is... Oh, let's be... Be- this is becoming what I think is currently the best rivalry on the East Coast. I think it's a be- top 3-4 rivalry in NCAA. Because right we're now. in the same state as each other, and because I stoked the fire last year. But what yeah, does they, that mean? It, I started everything. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. all Bush League. Just uh, all Bush League. 
You know, I wasn't going to make that comment, and I'm still not going to make that comment. It was, so, funny. it was funny. Okay, so let's do it. Maryland versus Towson, Sean. This is going to be one low-scoring game because of Maryland's style of play. And I have been adamant that I like a faster pace of play, but well, that's just me. I'm not arguing against Maryland style. Obviously, if it's annoying us that much, it's working very well. Um, but I think because they beat us 2-1 to one at Nationals last year, and I don't think that's indicative of where both teams are. I Personally, I think we're better than Maryland. And it's been muddled in the past because Maryland has a really, really good strategy, and we've had more talent than we have strategy. But I think this year... We're going to have a good sense of strategy, and we're going to have a good sense of talent. But this early in the year, I'm going to say it's close, but I think we win for the first time in a long time with a two-point spread. Three to oh, one. you are not. I am. Three to you one. are not going two-point spread. I'm going two-point spread, three to one. That's ridiculous. What makes you think there's ever going to be four points in this game? Because I am hopeful. You're hopeful? Okay. Well, I'm hopeful that Penn State's going to beat James Madison two to one, but you know, <laughs> I'm hopeful we'll be honest, two to one. Okay. <laughs> So, being former Ken, all I want to see is us beat Maryland and JMU on a consistent basis. Yep. Now, my heart, okay, tells me that we're going to win. Okay. And if my heart is telling me 2-1, to one, and I don't think if I know there's a two-point spread here, the problem is, is that being an unbiased person right now. Uh, no, we're all biased. We're just doing our best now. Yeah. Today. I, I just, I just, I something, something from an NCAA perspective just tells me Maryland's gonna win this one, and I just, I hate saying it, I, I really do, Sean. I, I, I want, I, 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 I will go with the mindset that we're gonna win because I think we're gonna win every game. Then when we go in, unless we're playing Grand Valley, of course. But something about the rookies that we have, not that they're not good, they just, I don't think they're gonna know how to play at a pace. That Maryland sets, and I'm struggling with it because I really want to pick Towson to win this, but my my heart says Towson wins, but my NCDA unbiased perspective says this is a perfect opportunity for Maryland to win a game like two nothing against us. All right, I understand your point, and the quick counterpoint I'm going to make is while we do have the freshmen, I'm not going to put it all on them because I think the the leadership. Our team has in place now. Obviously, with Dylan and the guys they have there, they have damn good leadership. They have really good leadership. That that's not a question. Nope. But I think with the leadership we have with Chris at the helm and with how many years of experience Chris has, for those of you who don't know, our captain right now is twenty seven. Um, <laughs> that's the first thing you say about the guy. Get because he, here. no, just to prove how many years of experience he has, because he's been playing for. Lord knows how long. Yeah, he plays in like the elite dodgeball. He plays in, he, he plays anywhere he can play. He loves dodgeball and he loves us and we love Chris right back because he looks like he's 22. And he's I made this comment on our preview I think in response to Chris Hess. Yeah, I thought I had a good amount of knowledge of the game and the more and more I talk to Chris, I realize how much he is just light years ahead of me. He's so good. He's so good. He knows everything about everything. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Um, I think with him at the top, I think... With you still around to help out, at, um, currently as an interim captain, Woo! Um, could become full-time after this tournament. We'll see. This tournament's our determining factor for that. With Joe also as an assistant captain, and I think Joe is growing more into the captain's role this year. Oh, yeah. Um, that will be a good step up for us. Um, I think you know I still have a lot to offer, oh, yeah. um, but I think the biggest X factor for us this year is gonna we're going to have two guys Nick Coates and TJ Gibbons, who are Coates—they're going to be the biggest reasons why we win this game in my mind with a two-point spread. I, dude, I I would love nothing more than to beat Maryland at two-point spread. I really would. I just when I we I come on here, I just I want to be a hundred percent honest in my opinion, and yeah, I just I think it's a trap game for Towson. I just I just haven't. So you guys going into two trap games? How many games do we have that aren't trap games? There will be two trap games. All right. Either way. So you have JMU three and zero, Maryland two and one, Towson one and two. Oh, I don't want to say it though. I just want. That's uh, why I'm saying it for you. Ah, oh, God. And Penn State zero and three. I have JMU three and zero. Boom! Screw it. Towson comes back and win two one overtime. 
Towson two to one, Maryland one and two. Boom! Wait. I'm going with my heart. I'm going with my heart. Way to just it's over. Wait. It's over. Towson Towson wins. Way to just waffle on that. It's, it's, all, it's all okay. It's all okay. Towson's going to take down University of Maryland. Yeah. Um, going with the heart, John. Right? Cause the heart never fails. Right? Can you like not smack me in the twenty four hour period just once? <laughs> all right. Um. So we all right. So we've got that. I've got Jamie three and zero. Towson two and one. John's got Towson two and one too. By the way. All right. Oh, Maryland one and two, and then Penn State zero oh and three. Yep. All right. So now that we've previewed everything, uh, John, do you have any closing comments? Um. So, the end of last year when we had our nationals preview, Sean's bold statement was that the parity of the league would show up at nationals, and I didn't know what the hell he meant at first. But then he explained it. Sean does very elegantly. It's very nicely done. And I have to give him credit because if anyone remembers at the first round, the one through four seeds all advanced, but the he's five five, five through eight. Five through eight all lost. And nine, ten, eleven, twelve, and all advanced. And like those middle eight, we said could have went either way. We agreed. But I just gotta give him credit because he said the parody of the league would show up. I saw Jamie would win it all. That didn't happen. But the parody of the league definitely showed up last year. It was well done. I gotta give you credit. That was a good bold statement. It was very impressive. So well done, Sean. All right. Uh, you good? Um. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're good, man. All right. Well, my closing comments are based on how this year looks so far. Um, I think this is gonna be. There's still gonna be disparity, but I think there's gonna be two levels of disparity. There's gonna be the top tier of teams, which is gonna be either one through four or one through five. And it's not going to go past that. I think there's going to be a clear line. And then the disparity is going to go after that. Where all the other teams are, I won't know until I see them either on film or in person. Um, but I think Grand Valley, Saginaw, JMU, and then Michigan State, Central, or Kent, whichever one, of, whichever two of those three prove themselves to be the top, or whichever one, if it stops at, number, at Team 4, that's, that's the top tier, and then it's everyone else this year. Okay, I think there's a top three. I think it's Grand Valley, JMU, Saginaw, in no particular order. That's fair. That's fine. That's just that's what I think. But I think that'll happen. Um, the one thing I am happy to see is like a lot of teams are still trying to host tournaments. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. Um, I was really happy to see RIT showing interest in coming back. Uh, so if we can get more teams like that involved, that's awesome. Same thing with Georgia Southern. Georgia Southern, oh, come up. Yeah, true. Yo, Georgia true. Southern, man, come up. Let's finally get that South team that's permanent. I mean, we've had what? And Sula. The, 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 Sula. The, the South expansion. The South expansion. And Sula versus Georgia Southern. That's how it's going to start out. Yeah. We'll all be good from there. And then I think um, the, the biggest surprise to me so far this year is what seems to be the fall off of Western Kentucky and Kentucky. I would agree. Um, but that's, that's a one thing. Ho- hopefully that will change. Um, hopefully they'll get better as the year goes on. Um, especially for Western since they're hosting Nationals this year. And uh, my other prediction is that every podcast we do will hopefully be shorter than this one. It's not going to happen in a while. Have a good day, guys. Take care. All right, we'll see you guys next time. Thanks for listening to Average Joe's Podcast. Be sure to check out more episodes of Average Joe's on iTunes or our website, ncdadodgeball.com. Until next time, just remember the five D's of dodgeball. Dodge, duck, dip, dive, and die. Bye-bye.